Good morning, Coach O'Connell. The team you're looking at is the Los Angeles Chargers. They are also 0-2. They are desperate for the win, just like you, and will stop at nothing to get one. An 0-3 start will be disastrous and must be avoided at all costs. Kevin, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to beat the Chargers, not let the season get out of hand a mere three games into it. I've already dispatched the team to U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, selected from your usual group. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, T.J. Hawkinson, Daniel Hunter, and Brian Flores is your new point man on defense. As always, if you or any members of your Viking force lose this game, the fans will disavow you and ESAT Nation will demand you be fired and your team traded or cut. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Drew and Ted Drewster, how are you? Feels like a Mission Impossible, Ted. It's much worse than you think. I've often been confused with Tom Cruise. I'm glad you gave me his face at the beginning. Oh, good. Yeah, resemblance is uncanny. And just like Tom Cruise, you never age either, brother. Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on you. <laughs> Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on you. If I didn't know any better, I'd swear you were 28-ish, 29-ish. Flattery will get you nowhere. What a week preparing for this one. We got a lot to talk about with this Chargers game, Ted. We do. This is crazy. $4.09 billion for Mission Impossible series with the seven movies. How much it's made at the box office? Yeah, and the first one was made 27 years ago, but it's over $4 billion now. You're only as good as your last envelope. You know that. I've only seen three. Uh, the first one, the second one, and then the third one with Philip Seymour Muffins. <sighs> My wife, girlfriend, because you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to find her. Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her. <laughs> Ruby, how many Mission Impossible movies have you seen and how are you doing? I think I've seen like the first four or five, but we're re-watching them now. What's it like to be married to a guy that could be mistaken for Tom Cruise when you're out and about in, the, in public? Did you ever think that maybe there's more to life than being really, really, really ridiculously good-looking. It's awesome because they <laughs> automatically assume that I'm Katie Holmes or whoever. <laughs> you know what I don't, haven't been able to figure out? What's that? When he's doing the message, you'll be disavowed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Isn't that when you get your intestines taken out? Isn't that disavowed? No, that's disemboweled. Don't be a moron. A moron is an idiot. Yeah, he's a twit as well. Twit is quite mild. A moron is really quite strong. A moron is a total idiot. Yeah, with no brains. What about the first one when he flew that helicopter in, Ted? Is that possible? In that tunnel? If the helicopter's small enough, yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to try it. In the tunnel. Less without a couple belts in you. <laughs> I 
We got a lot to talk about tonight. A couple of real quick announcements. Our Rook Dog Challenge contest entries are closed. If you haven't gotten your entry in, I'm sorry you're too late. If you have, we'll let you know who the winner is at the end of the year if there is one. Our Defend the North contest begins week six against the Bears, so stay tuned. Well, Drew's pulling out the T-shirt you could possibly win. We're going to run that contest six times this year against every NFC North opponent the Vikings play, and we'll explain the details and the rules of the game when we get to week six. For nobody cares about your fantasy team, we're going to put up our teams here in a little bit, but we've changed the scoring, not for the PPR side of the house, for the players, but for the contestants, and we've made it retroactive to week one. So if you win the week, you get three points. If you finish second, you get two points. If you finish third, you get one point. And the winner who has the most points at the end of the season obviously wins the Antoine Winfield jersey, and we've got prizes for second and third place as well. I thought about something today. I was looking back on the no one cares about your fantasy team from last year. Mm -hmm. We had two guys that signed up like week nine or ten and almost won. Did they really? Yes, and that's why I wanted to tell everybody on the air today – Even if you're a couple weeks, two, three weeks late, get in there. Especially with the new scoring, it all fluctuates. This this thing won't be figured out until the end of the year, Ted. We'll go over the rules and all that when we get to this segment. But just let you know that the scoring has changed. And you can check out the current standings, where you sit in the Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team standings, over on our website, vikingsreport.com. Ruby updates that every week. She's got a link to the prize vault as well. Uh, and you can see what prizes that might be the Winchester Mansion House mystery prize that you could win along with the Antoine Winfield jersey and some other cool stuff that we give away throughout the year during our live shows and wherever. And then finally, look, if you want to get a deep dive on the Vikings that went to its start, you want to sound off about Kweisi Adolfo Mensa and his draft and his trades or whatever, you want to sound off on Kevin O'Connell, if you want to sound off on the Dalton Risner signing, Riser, how do you ever pronounce the dude's name? Head on over to Purple Pain Forms. That's purplepainforms.com. Our official website for Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. We are their official gang of idiots, I guess. I don't know. Go over there, sign up for an account, and start commenting. Great community, great bunch of people. And they've got some contests over there as well. So go check out Purple Pain Forums. That's purplepainforums.com. All right, Drew, like you said, we got a lot to talk about. Hello, Americans. This is Paul Harvey. Stand by for news. Before we get going, brother, uh, what time you got? Ted? I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your turnover problem and light this candle? He's right. Protect the quarterback and light this candle. Yes! Resume the countdown! All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. There we go. (laughs) Drew, a lot of news to talk about this week. Yes. Last Thursday, as we all know, the Minnesota Vikings lost in Philadelphia. Christian Derisaw was a game-time decision. I don't think he started. It was Ole Udo started in his place. He got hurt during the course of the game. Dan Questenberry, the former Royals relief pitcher, came in and played the rest of the game in Udo's place. Questenberry won his third Relief Man Award in the American League and set a new Major League save record. Udo got a significant injury, and sadly, he is out for the year. We wish him best wishes, speedy recovery, and come back stronger next year, but... That means the Vikings needed a roster spot filled with an offensive lineman and brother that made some news and signed 
Dalton Risner. Now, as you can see, I'm a fan of both Dalton Risner and Dalton from Roadhouse. I don't know which one I like more, but what are your thoughts on the Dalton signing? First off, I told you we were signing him, didn't I? I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. I'm happy with it. When I did a draft write-up on him, he was a tackle at Kansas State. He played right tackle, but I always thought he was going to be better as a guard. You said that about Risner. You said when he comes to the NFL, he's going to move inside to guard, and, and you, were, you were right on the money about that. Yeah, some guys you just tell they're going to fit better at, at that position. I had him on my guard board, even though he played tackle at Kansas State. He played a little guard also. I think he's played everywhere along the offensive line, but you're not going to put him at center. That's the one position he won't play. But he walks off the plane, the best lineman, the best interior lineman we got on this team. I know pe some people are saying we have to wait to see if he tries out to make it. I don't know what you've been smoking. Chicks cannot hold his smoke. That's what it is. Now exactly how much pot did you smoke? Yeah, some folks have said that he's going to come in and be a backup. I just don't see it. He might not play this week. If he does, he just might get a few reps in. I don't think he'll start this week. It's a lot to absorb and understand a new playbook, although he's got the same position coach he had in Denver. He was a workhorse in Denver. I think he only missed one game in his four years there, and he played. I think he played guard the whole time while he was there. I just don't see them signing a guy like with Risner's resume and him then coming in and being a backup, especially as poorly as Cleveland and Ed Ingram have played. He's an A-grade guard inside offensive lineman. He gives us a shot in the arm we need, Ted, yeah. to maybe turn this thing around. I have confidence in the Vikings still. The Vikings and Chargers are almost identical so far this season. That's why this game is going to be so intriguing. Some people don't like him. Some people don't like anything. Yeah, I don't see him being a backup. Who do you see him starting for, Ingram or, or Cleveland? Well, here's the thing. When he, before he played right tackle at Kansas State, he was playing right guard a season before. Yeah. I liked him at right guard. That's what first, initially, when I saw him play tackle, I go, his lateral movement and his power forward, he's going to be a great right guard. I think he's going to end up playing left guard. I would like to see him play right guard. Wherever he plays the majority and wherever he can help the Vikings, wherever he feels most comfortable is where they're going to position him. You know, one of the things I was kind of defending the Flamets and, and Kevin O'Connell on this offseason was the offensive line bringing back the same five guys because continuity is a big deal. The argument against that was, well, those five guys were terrible. They actually weren't. The, the two tackles, I think, are elite guys in Derrissaw and O'Neal. Now that Bradbury got hurt in week one and, and Schlotman started you know, week two and probably for the foreseeable future, it sounds like. I, I don't really know the, the most up-to-date status on Bradbury. The whole continuity thing is already out the window. So if you're going to have to play a new guy anyways, you might as well get the best guy out there on the market at guard. I think here's what the plan is, Ted. So what's the plan? Plan? There ain't no plan. They're going to keep him at left guard because Ezra Cleveland played left tackle at Boise State. I think they're worried about Derrissaw's longevity, and if something happens to him, they can bump Ezra Cleveland out there to left tackle to back up Derrissaw. He can play tackle. He's a little slow on the edge with speed rushers, but Ezra Cleveland can play a, a pretty – average tackle spot at left tackle, and I think they're going to put Dalton Reisner at left guard. Cleveland's going to be the backup left tackle if they need him, unless you see somebody else. Once your offensive line starts tanking, it's tough, Ted, but this is something they had to do. He's been a left guard almost his entire time in, in Denver, so if you move him to the right side, that means he's kind of learning a new position. I still think the Vikings are not going to pull the rug out from Ed Ingram because he's one of their guys they drafted in that first draft class last year, and they got him in the second round. 
I could understand if they went and put Cleveland over to right guard, but I think they're going to put him in at left guard right now for the time being and just kind of go from there and we'll see what happens. Sometimes when you get a guy that's really good that comes on your team right away, especially in the trenches, everybody else plays a little better for some reason. I don't know what it is, but everybody kind of picks up the slack a little bit and says, all right, we got to get this going. So I'm hoping to see that as soon as he gets in, whether it's this week or next week. Some people aren't a big fan of his run blocking, and honestly, I don't care. The Vikings are going to make their money on offense passing the ball this year. they got to be able to run the ball better. I'm not saying they don't. But when Kirk Cousins goes back to pass, he cannot get hit hard every single time he does. He's going to get hurt, yeah. You got to win. You got to go through, like you said, the bread and butter. You got to throw the ball around. You're running for 34 yards a game. All right. So come on up for the Reisner. Come on up. Lay your hand in mine, baby. Little Bruce Springsteen song. I made a little clip there. Let's show that real quick. I made a little nice little PowerPoint kind of kind of Photoshop. I thought it was pretty funny. Whatever. Anyways. So yeah, the Reisner's now Minnesota Viking. Speaking of free agents, this is a free agent we were both kind of excited about. We thought, well, he's kind of had an injury history. But if this dude can stay healthy, he's going to be a, a big player on the defensive line. And that would be Marcus Davenport, who has played all of four snaps in two games. One of the more disappointing signings in recent memory, regardless whether it's Adolfo Mensa or Spielman or, or whoever. I hope the guy gets healthy and can contribute, but man, I, it just it does not look encouraging. Their defensive line really got worked against the Eagles. Their D-line has to pick it up, Ted. The inside, everybody does. They need to get Davenport in there, and we need to pick up the pace of the defensive line. They're not going to get my check mark again this week. So what do you think of the defense in general? It's kind of a mystery at this point. I like the pass coverage. I like the aggression. I like the overall scheme that Brian Flores is running. We thought they weren't going to be great this year. I think right now they're middle of the pack in terms of yards given up, which is okay, fine, I'll, I'll take it. Early in the game against the Eagles, the Vikings offense went three and out, three and out, three and out. They're not big enough on defensive line to be able to stop a running game for an entire game. And we saw that transpire against Philadelphia. If the Vikings offense can help the defense out by staying off the field, by keeping them off the field, by the offense staying on the field and putting together a bunch of long drives, hey, cool, great. But they're going to get exposed. They don't have big guys up front. Right now, I think this year, it, it sort of is what it is at this point. It is. It certainly is what it is. But the Vikings offense isn't helping either. Talk about getting to 30 points. It took them like 10 weeks to get to 30 last year. And here we go. We still haven't sniffed 30. Yeah. They're going to have to outscore some teams this year. I'm telling you, next year, the Vikings should be drafting a center and a nose tackle in the first couple rounds. They are lacking in those two spots right in the middle of the trenches, Ted. You look at the Eagles with Carter and Davis, they got that covered. They know that the importance of having that interior dominant nose tackle, our guys don't cut it. Phillips is a decent player, but you need a bunch of next level guys, man. The Vikings defense defending the run is going to be problematic, I think, for most of the year. Swift looked like Gale Sayers. (laughs) He really did. But that said, you know, the Vikes are 0-2. We've talked about that ad nauseum. But last week, everybody else in the NFC North lost, too. The, the Detroit Lions lost. Green Bay lost. The Bears are just terrible. They're 0-2. Are you optimistic about the Vikings still being able to win this division, even though they started out 0-2? I'm still at about 99%, Ted. I don't know if I'm that confident, but yeah. If they can cut out the turnovers oh, and play. No, I'm sober. I'm at 99%. <laughs> Somebody's questioning me on the staff laughing right there. Oh, oh. You know what? Might be your last day, too. What's her name? I'll fire him. 
Who? The food. What is your name? Tony Canigliero? Oh, well. We hired him under the ADA because he's blind in one eye, so we, uh, <laughs> we, can't, we can't fire him. Remember Tony? Get hit in the eyeball? Yeah. Red Sox. You sure it wasn't disemboweled? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Vikings are one game out of first after two weeks. Two weeks! Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. We're one game out of first. We have the best quarterback and the best wide receiver in the league. Yeah. Settle down a little bit. Come on. I'm not worried about it. The Vikings and the Chargers could easily be 2-0. and Yes. Vikings and Chargers are probably two of the most disappointing teams, but it's not because they're schlubs. The Chargers and Vikings have had some horrible luck. I'm very much of a you-are-what-your-record-says-you-are guy. No, it's not true in this case. I think it is. I mean, because they have six turnovers. They're minus three in the turnover margin in the first two games. If they can knock that out, they can right the ship. If they keep doing stupid things on offense, like those tight end screens we saw in week one, the turnovers down in the red zone in both games so far, they're not going to win a whole lot of games. And they're fully capable of playing much better. I will grant you that they can play much better than they have. And if they do, I agree with you. They think they can win the division. They're not who they are then, Ted, if you think they could play better. They have to, though. I mean, they haven't done it yet. Until they do, they aren't. I mean, if you're playing clean, precise, and executing football in your 0-2, then you got a problem. Well, yeah. We know why the Vikings are 0-2. The Eagles aren't the big bully on the block I saw that last game. We gave that game to them like we gave the game to the Buccaneers. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, it seemed like the Eagles were reluctant to let Jalen Hurts throw the ball downfield. Look, the Vikings are, are not out of it by any means. You, you've all seen the stat, you know, teams that start 0-2 that got a 10% chance to make the playoffs. Last year, with the expanded playoffs and the 17-game schedule, there were five teams that started 0-2, and one of them made the playoffs. That was the Bengals. So that was 20% average. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. The Vikings are perfectly capable of going on a run and winning the division. It's going to be different this week. This is going to be a great classic matchup this week because both teams are in such big trouble. I hope so. All right, that's it for Vikings news. Welcome, Dalton Risner. Welcome, Dalton from Roadhouse. We'll take you both. Maybe you can run security for the Vikings. I don't know. Now, folks, it's time for Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team because nobody does. The cat with no opposable thumbs is 2-0. and Saucer of milk. Table two. <laughs> <laughs> she has done it again for the second straight week and a bunch of weeks last year. As always, we pick our fantasy team. One quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. We don't pick the Thursday night game to give anybody an unfair advantage, and this week it's the Giants at the San Francisco 49ers. So, Ruby, if you would, go ahead and put up our fantasy teams for this week, please. Those are our teams for this week. Hang on. I'm getting word from the truck that our guy is ready to go. Hello, everybody. Robert W. Farnsworth here. This week, our downtrodden heroes return home to U.S. Bank Stadium at 0-2 to face Brandon Staley, Justin Herbert, and the dastardly 0-2 Los Angeles Chargers. Can the Vikings right the ship or will the longboat burn? We'll find out. As you can see, every week we start out with quarterback and we finish with my favorite subject, intangibles. Because it's stuff you can't can't see. It is stuff you can't see, but it always rears its ugly head. 
Yeah. And the intangibles have kicked the Vikings in the butt the first two games. So, all right. This week, we're going to talk first, as always, we do with quarterbacks. The Vikings have Captain Kirk Cousins. And L.A. has Justin Herbert. Drew, which quarterback do you like better here? Do you, do you like Justin Herbert? Do you think all the hype he's getting has, has been worth it the first few years in the league? I think he's a decent quarterback. He's above average, and he's certainly a team that can get you to the Super Bowl. So, But I think he gets overrated a lot. He's given a, a lot of credit so far for his career, but he hasn't really done much. But he puts up numbers. He's got great receivers. He gets it done. He just doesn't seem like a guy that can get it over the top yet. So, I mean, he's got a long career ahead of him. We'll see. They're both really good pocket quarterbacks, Ted. He hasn't thrown for 300 yet this year, Herbie. But he's capable of putting up some giant numbers with those receivers. So, for this game, I have my slight edge going to Kirk Cousins just because I think Cousins was supposed to have that bounce back game last week. It didn't happen, and he is due for it, baby. He's due for it. He knows he's been turning the ball over with the turnovers in the pocket. And I know that's bothering him. What do you have? Three fumbles already this year. Yeah. Three fumbles on the year and one pick in two games. That's not him. I think he's going to play a clean game. I think he's going to outplay the Chargers defense, the front seven. I think he's going to outplay him. I think he's going to get that ball thrown around the park. And I'm giving Kirk Cousins my check slightly over Herbert. What do you think of Herbert? You said pretty much exactly what I was going to say. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think people put a lot of stock in him leading up to the draft and want to will him to be better than he is. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I don't think he's this generational arm that that a lot of people seem to think he is. That's just me. I agree with everything you said about Kirk. I think he's going to have a good game. I think the Vikings are going to play error-free for the first time this year. I'm giving my check to Kirk as well. All right, brother, running game. The Vikings don't have one. Uh, They are currently dead last in the NFL and running the football 32nd. I think they're even on pace to have worse numbers than they did in 2016, which I think was their worst year in franchise history in terms of being able to run the ball. The Chargers on offense, they're not bad. They're sixth in the NFL in running, although Austin Eckler, they're kind of bell cow back out week two, still nursing an ankle injury. I don't think he's practiced yet this week. Keep an eye on him if he plays. If he does play, I don't know that he's going to be very effective. All that said, until the Vikings can prove to me they can run for more than 25 or 30 or 40 yards a game, I'm going to give my check mark to the Chargers here. Yeah, that's pretty much everything you said. It's 34 yards a game isn't much of a running game. They're going to need to find one this week, try to offset whatever thing's going to be happening. And it's going to be an insane game, Ted. But Joshua Kelly, he's not too bad of a backup. I think he got 117 yards week one. Ran for a bunch of yards on Miami. They had 233 yards on the ground. A team that averages 34 yards on the ground compared to a team that's 113 yards better a week on the ground. Miami's 147 yards a week. That's what they average, 147, which is 113 better than the Vikings. You know how I run these checks, Ted? They go game to game and who your opponent is, but until the Vikings show me something, they don't get a check. Receiving game. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen are great receivers for the Chargers. They've got a very good quarterback throwing in the ball. I'm going to give the Vikings a slight advantage here because I like their depth a little bit more. K.J. Osborne sort of broke out of a funk a little bit. He had a couple drops, but he caught a big touchdown last week. Justin Jefferson is, again, the best receiver on the planet. Jordan Addison, I think, is going to be the wide receiver, too, by the end of the year. The difference maker for me between the Chargers and the Vikings is T.J. Hawkinson. The Vikings used Hawkinson the way he should have been used, finally, in week two. Down the middle, middle to middle routes, seam routes, 
The guy made money all night long, and the Vikings are currently second in the NFL in yards and throwing the football. The Chargers are dead last in pass defense, so I'm, I'm giving the Vikes a, a fairly significant check mark here. That dead last is surprising. We'll get to that when we talk to secondary. I have the starting four wide receivers dead even. Yeah, they're very close in talent. Mike Williams last week had eight catches on 13 targets for 83 yards. And what about Keenan Allen, who's he's hurt every other week, but when he plays, eight catches, 111 yards, two touchdowns. They have two starting wide receivers. I know not, neither one of them are Jefferson, but if you line up there two against our two, it's pretty much dead even because Williams makes up a difference that Addison doesn't. Speaking of Addison, you got to get him in the game more. J.J. is what, 20 catches for 309 yards? And, Ted, he will get one or two touchdowns. he gets get his first touchdown this week. Okay. I'm 100% guaranteed that spicy hot take. Okay. But I just barely. <laughs> I just barely gave the Viking receivers this. I'll give you a spicy hot take on the receiving game. This is the week Jordan Addison gets his first 100-yard receiving game. Nice. Do, 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 do. All right. Offensive line, Drew. Vikings are a mess. They are. Chargers are a mess. Yeah. Chargers, Chargers aren't exactly blowing people off the ball. They've given up three sacks in back-to-back weeks. So they're, yeah. they've given up more sacks than the Vikings have. They're able to run the ball, though, so that that's something. Right. 233 that opening week. And then they followed it up with 61 against Tennessee. So that 61 may be a big fall-off from 233. But 61 is a lot for the Vikings. <laughs> if Risner plays, I'm giving the Vikings a check. I don't think he will week one. I would have to give the Chargers a check with Corey Lindsley at center. What school did Corey Lindsley go to? I don't know, Ted. That doesn't matter. He's out of college now. <laughs> Trey Pipkins, Jamar Sawyer, Georgia. Yeah. Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater's a good player. Northwestern. Don't try to get us on college football here on Vikings Report. Ted and I are like, Machines. We're like scanning machines. A lot of people wanted Rashawn Slater for the Vikings. The same year they got Christian Darisaw, though. So. He was number one on the Drew Big Board for left tackles. Great, great player. So I'm going to give them a little bit of the edge at the offensive line just because the Vikings are beat up right now. What do you say? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Garrett Bradbury's out. Austin Schlopman's probably going to play. Uh, you, you talked about Riser already. Is he going to play or not? I don't think he will. If he does, it'll just be probably a, a series here and a series there just to get into the swing of things. I'm going to have to give the advantage to the Los Angeles Chargers on this one. Front seven. The big edge players here in talent, I think, goes to the Chargers. But, you know, Joey Bosa was questionable. He played hurt in week two. Eric Kendricks, longtime friend and former Minnesota Viking, is out. He was out week two. Not sure what his status is. Khalil Mack is still not the guy he was when he was wreaking havoc with the Raiders in the first couple of seasons with the Bears. It's hard for me to give the Vikings the check mark here because their defensive front seven, well, the defensive line particularly, is not good. Alvin Pace, I think, is going to be a great player. Asmoa is kind of hasn't played as much as I thought he would. There's just not a real significant playmaker on the front seven right now that stands out to me for the Vikings, Drew. I don't know about you. That sentence alone is scary. you got to have one guy to stand out. Chargers got the better defensive line, and I think the Vikings are a tad bit better at linebacker. Not by much. I mean, the, the Chargers still have really good linebackers. But both defensive lines are struggling, Ted. Those are both the struggling areas of both these teams of why they're 0-2, I think. Go right down the line and compare player to player. i got to give the Chargers the check mark, a little bit of a check mark on this. Uh, Kendricks may be out. 
But they still have Kenneth Murray, Ted, who's a very, very good linebacker, very speedy linebacker, and a great tackler. Not to be confused with the great Ann Murray, though, the Canadian no, singer. No. From the, remember? Yeah. yeah. Okay, the 70s yeah. singer that we all adored. Oh, yeah. Who didn't? Who doesn't have Ann Murray on their playlist? I do. I got a poster of him in my room. Yeah, stacking. I'm going to give the Chargers just a slight edge, but uh, like I said, the Vikings need to get the front seven the Eagles have. That's all I'm saying. They got to start. <laughs> they got to start addressing the middle of the line on the defense. I'd probably go back to a four-three next year. Here's one thing that just stands out to me. I can't remember who tweeted this out or who X'd this out. Whatever they're calling it now. Through two games, Harrison Phillips has three pressures on the quarterback. Kyrus Tonga, Dean Lowry, and Jonathan Bullard. The other regular starters or guys that rotate in on the defensive line have a combined total of John Blutarski's grade point average the first semester at Faber College. 0.0. They have got to put pressure on the quarterback. Those guys have to put pressure on the quarterback up the middle, and they're not. Interior defensive line, total of three pressures isn't near enough. To get your football team on the winning side of football. I mean, how, how many yards was Swift getting before he got touched? Five or six, I think it was. It was it was an insane number. They got to work on that. Know, it's a work in progress, Ted. It is. All right, Drewster secondary. This is amazing to me. Not that I'm giving it to the Vikings, the secondary. I'm giving them the edge this week of how terrible the Chargers have looked with the players they have, Ted. Yeah. Asante Samuel, J.C. Jackson, and safety Derwin Moore would line up to be one of the best secondaries in football, and they are getting their balls kicked off. They are. They've been terrible. Now, they went media this week and said, we're going to destroy them. We're coming back. This is our comeback game for the secondary. So they're putting all the pressure on, saying it was a fluke the first two weeks. But I was shocked when I looked at the numbers and saw what they've given up. Tua had 536 yards, the Miami offense. Yeah. That's Ohio State against Youngstown. I got Tyreek Hill on my fantasy team. Hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team. So I was pretty happy about that. I do have the same on my Yahoo thing. But if they can get 536, we could get 536. Yes. I don't know what's going on with their secondary, but like I said, they have really good players. Maybe it's their coordinator. He's an unknown guy, the anal guy. What's his name? (laughs) Derek Ansley. Okay. Maybe it's his problem, but maybe. I hope they continue to play poorly because the names I just mentioned, if they start coming together and the Vikings can't run the football, Ted. Yeah. It's going to be a bad day. Yeah, I'm going to give the Vikings secondary the edge. They've actually played, I think, fairly decent football. I think the improvement, at least in the secondary, is noticeable. Jalen Hurts didn't have a, a lot of deep throws he had one early, but the Vikings did a good job of shutting him down in the red zone. Believe it or not, it's not the pass defense that worries me about this unit. It's it's the run defense. I'm going to give the Vikings secondary the edge here, too. So we're both on the same page with that. Good. I think so, yeah. What about red zone? You know what? I'm going to give it to the Vikings here. Their offense so far through two games, their seventh in the NFL is pretty good. Defense, 19th. It's about league average, a little bit below league average. For the Chargers, they're league average in both, 17th and tied for 19th with the Vikings on defense. TJ Hawkinson, again, gives them that edge in the red zone that I don't think the Chargers have, especially if Austin Eckler is out again. So I'm going to give the edge to the Vikings there. You know, last year, Ted, like the first 10 weeks of the season, you remember, I know you don't remember a lot of what I say. Nobody really does really remember what I say. But last year I was talking about how impressed I was with with O'Connell's play calling in the red zone. I was. I was. was, He's the best red call head coach play caller in the league. Yeah. I don't know what happened with that. 
I don't, I don't know what happened with that because he was running like jet sweeps and shit down there inside the five. Yeah. Just tremendous, unpredictable, tremendous play calling. He needs to get back to that. And if he does, we got the better players in the red zone than the Chargers. I think we do. So I want to give them, give them the check. All right. Special teams, Drewster. Who do you like in special teams? We got a better punter. Who's we got a better team? kicker. And I'm not giving somebody a check who has a kicker named Dicker. I'm not doing it, Ted. You can't make me. I won't do it. And you can't make me. And neither can Toonses. Vikings for the uh, special teams. Same here. All right. Coaching. Glad we went in depth on that. <laughs> well, okay. Greg Joseph hasn't missed a kick yet this year, knock on wood. And his name's Dicker. So Vikings yeah. get it. Yeah. And J.K. Scott was the punter when he was in Alabama. He kept punting like 60 and 70 yard punts against Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. Kept pinning them deep. I hated, I've hated the guy ever since then. So, yeah. Vikings. All right. Coaching staff. So, Brandon Staley, the almost infamous head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. He would seem to be the perfect coach for the Minnesota Vikings because only the Chargers surprise people in the way they lose more than the Vikings do. Brandon Staley has snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory more often than Marty freaking Schottenheimer. (laughs) Or Ethan Hunt. Or Ethan Hunt, yeah. Kellen Moore's their OC. Kellen Moore was a guy some folks were wanting to be hired as the Vikings head coach. He moved on from Dallas. He's in L.A. And Derek Anal, you said. Ansley is the defensive coordinator. Look, I like the Vikings coaching staff here. I I like... O'Connell, I, I like Wes Phillips. I, I really like Brian Flores. I think the Vikings have a have an advantage here. I'm giving it to them as well because I think Kellen Moore goes into a shell when he gets a little nervous. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have onions, and I don't think, like the kicker dicker, he doesn't have onions, and neither does Derek Ansley. I, I'm going to give the Vikings a coaching staff this week because they are frustrated. Yeah, When you get frustrated, the only way to end it is to be unpredictable so you're not vulnerable. My brother lives in San Diego. He said uh-huh. Staley's about to get fired. He's on a huge hot seat down there. There's way more pressure on the Chargers than the Vikings this game because yep. if Staley loses this, I'm going to give you the tasty tidbit stat of the week after we get done with this. You're going to love it. Okay. But he is not liked down there right now. No. Because he has Super Bowl talent. He built up a lot of talent on that team, and he's not doing anything with it. There's more than one person that thinks exactly like you said, that the Chargers have a, a roster – that is capable of going to the Super Bowl, and the only thing holding them back is our head coach, and it wouldn't surprise me. All right, finally, intangibles. I'm going to give it to the Vikes here. They're at home. They're 0-2. I mean, I, I know the Chargers are 0-2 as well. If you're going to play another 0-2 team, I think it's better to be at home. I think they're going to play well in front of the home crowd. I'm going to give the edge here to the Vikings. I think that the matchups favor the Vikings a little bit more than they favor the Chargers. I'm going to give the intangible edge to the Vikes here. I agree. Uh, my check mark goes to the Vikings for the intangibles. We can't mention if t- intangibles are things you can't see when mm-hmm. we're playing the Chargers. We cannot mm-hmm. not mention Manti Teo, can we? I mean, oh, of course, we have to. Manti Teo with the fake girlfriend, Ted. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty good looking for a fake girlfriend. Allegedly, allegedly, the Chargers have zero turnovers on the year. It's hard to go three games in a row without turning it over. I'm expecting us as an intangible to be on the better side of the turnover margin for once. That'd be nice. Uh, like I said, the Chargers haven't turned it over, which means they're due. And uh, I think the home field plays a lot into this one, Ted. So Vikings get my check mark in, in, for the intangibles. But this could be, I'm All telling right. you, this could be an instant classic on ESPN when it's over. I think so, too. Yeah. All right. So that is our big board. Drew, what do you think? How, how do you think this game's going to play out? 
I think it's going to play out to be a classic, Ted. Let me throw these two numbers at you. Since okay. 2020, the two teams with the most one-score games are the Vikings and the Chargers. No way, really? 37 and 36. Really? Yes. And let me add, you throw that on top of, like, you're stacking a cake. You throw mm-hmm. that cake on the, you throw the small part on the bottom, Ted. Let me tell you what the bottom is of the cake. In the past 42 seasons, since 1980, when I was a spry 15-year-old, feeling like a pinball machine ready to pay off in silver dollars, in the last 42 seasons, 176 teams in 42 seasons have started 0-3. Six have made the playoffs. Six. Out of 176. That's 3.4%. Whoever loses this game is all... I mean, those numbers are staggering. Whoever loses this game is done. And I know there's a 17th game, so it skews the numbers a little bit, but 176, 6 out of 176 doesn't lie. That's the writing on the wall. That's what both teams are looking at, and that's why both teams are going to be either pressing too hard or they're going to be letting it all hang out. This is also the highest over-under in the NFL this season or all last year so far. Really? Well, that, that number could change because we're recording on Tuesday, but 54 and a half. This could be a 50 to 49 game, Ted. This game is going to have one of the dumbest endings you will ever see. There's going to be like a Hail Mary, pick six, field goal, onside kick combination at the very end. When we come on the air on Sunday after our game, we're going to be like this. We're going to be completely spent. And you're going you're gonna to stare at me, Chris, and Drew, do this, and not say a word right. for like five minutes because we're going to be trying to absorb what the hell we just watched? Because the Vikings and the Chargers have the craziest games independently. You bring them together, it's going to be apocalyptic, man. That is so well said. This is going to be a chaotic frenzy because they're two teams oh. that know how to mess it up. These are yeah. two teams that know how to mess it up. They're going to go head-to-head. Both defenses are struggling. Both offenses can be the most powerhouse in the league. Yep. And they're going to be going straight at each other. They're probably each going to have two blocked punts. They're probably each going to have 15 penalties. You're going to look at the scoring summary, and it's going to be blocked (laughs) field goal return for touchdown, punt return for a touchdown, 98-yard interception return for – it's just going to be dumb. It's going to be so dumb, and it's going to be a classic. Whoever goes up 24-0 will lose. (laughs) (laughs) You got the Vikes winning? Yeah, I do. I do have the Vikes winning by one point. Yeah, it's going to be another one-score game. All right, that's it for our preview. We're going to take a quick break and come back with Trivia by Tunes. After you see the movie, you may want to pick up the book. Welcome to Toonsis Trivia. How are you guys doing? Good, Toonsis. How are you? I'm good. Hey, Toonsis. How are you? Good. So this week we've got Mission <laughs> Not Impossible. Oh, no. Owen 2 and Picture Puzzles. Yeah, I want to start this out by saying, you know, we've gotten threats when we don't do trivia, Ted. <laughs> really? Oh, they love this trivia part. So we got to make okay. sure we keep this rolling every week. So. All right. You're popular, Toonsis. 
hope this lives up to everyone's standards. Mission not impossible. This is not about the movie. These are games that the Vikings should not have won, but won. And okay. about those games. Okay. Four hundred. Minneapolis Miracle. Vikings led by what score at halftime? I believe it was seventeen to nothing, wasn't it, Drew? It was either seventeen or twenty. Good job, Ted. All right. Hey, can we ever be the good guys? Like you're Ethan again. We're Phelps. <laughs> I don't want to be Phelps. No. Okay, fine. Look, here you go. All right. The Bills stats were all better than the Vikings, except which category? Turnovers. I put the categories up there for you, dummy. So between total yards, passing yards, rushing plays, and yards per play, the Bills were better in all these categories except one? Correct. Let's go with yards per play. That was my first guess because I thought the Bills ran up and down the field on the Vikings. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's my guess, too. The Vikings were better in passing. Oh. Oh, really? Okay. Ah, Kirk Tyson, Kirk Tyson sucked. Fuck <laughs> that crowd, Ted. All right, last Mission Impossible, week three of season 2009 versus the Niners. Who caught the game-winning TD from Favre? Greg, Greg Lewis. Lewis. Oh, geez, that was easy. Very on, good. Man. You got to go back in time to stump the Drewster and the Glove Man. <laughs> All right, 0-2. These are questions about the Vikings being 0-2. Okay. 400. Under Zimmer, the Vikings went 0-2 how many times? Let's see. 2014, they started. They won at least their first game. I don't think they ever did, did they? 2015. No, they, they did. Let's see. 2015, they lost that clunker on Monday night against the 49ers but won the next week. 2016, they started off like 5-0 and 6-0. So that's one time for sure. 2017. We didn't go 0-2. 27. Yeah, they didn't. I'm going to go 1. Yeah, I'm going to say 1 time. I think 1 time is right. I think you're right, Drew. Let's go with 1. Twice in a row. Don't let me pick anything. All right. For 200, under Frazier, how many times did they go on to? What year is he coached, Ted? Finished off 2010, then he went two full seasons, 2011 and 2012. Well, in 2013. I know they, they went at least a win two in 2011. That was the McNabb year. 2012, I don't think they started off a win two. 2013, I think two out of those three years they did. I'm going to say two. How about two? Let's go with Ted said. You have a good memory, Ted. That is correct. Donovan McNabb, come on, Ted. What I've learned from this category is that the Vikings have gone 0-2 a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. All right. But Childress only went 0-2 once. Which year was that? 2008, and they made the playoffs. Yes! Ted. Very good. Ethan has 900. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hand Ogbong. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You got us on this one, I think. Yeah. Listen closely. Amen. Ogbong Baymiga. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, yeah, that, that guy. Yeah. Now, now it's plain as day, Ted, when you look at it. <laughs> well, Drew, he's a rookie, so I thought that maybe you would know something about him. That's the toughest thing about doing draft breakdowns, Ted, is these guys with these names. I did not know that. That was well done, Tunes. way you sounded it out was good. All right, this one's even better. All right. Last one. Name the player. Is that Hasselhoff? No, that's uh, no, That's Lee man. Majors. That's Lee Majors. Who's that chick at the end? Lindsay Lowe. Poop hand? Okay, wait. Two Lee Tui. Oh, Two Lee. Two Lee Tui. That's Lee, though. How do you get Tui? Two Lee Tui. Two Lee Tui. Poop Lo Tu. Popolu. Poop Lo Tu. It's Two Lee Tui. Poop Tu. It got it. Tuli Tui Pulotu. Yes, another rookie, Drew. <laughs> oh, Tuli Tui Pulotu. Okay, that's it with the Samoan. <laughs> no more Samoan names. Then we can't. We can't. Arbitrary rule. We just invented. I will not do those names anymore. Bye. All right. Thanks, Ruby. She got us pretty good on that one. Brother, that'll about do it for episode 106. Folks, thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for liking the show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching our live show. Again, we will be on live Sunday right after the Vikings and Chargers game is over with Vikings Report Rewind. Our good buddy Chris Gates will be joining us to break down all the action. Don't forget to enter this week's picks for Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team. And don't forget, we got the Defended North Contest coming up in just a few weeks. Buddy, we'll try to do better the next time. Take us home. Thank you so much for joining us. Episode 106 coming up on 25,000 subscriptions. We can't thank you enough here from Vikings Report. We have a great time doing this show, and we know we're doing it for the best fans available. You guys are smart. You prove it on the live shows every week when we get the chats in. We do the live chat. We will be live after the game. And come on, people, when you watch that game this week, they need all your fanship because this is going to be a tough one. The Vikings have got to win this game against the Chargers. So focus in. You got to focus in tough. You got to use your mind and your brain and your head, Ted. All yep. three of them, you got to work in conjunction. The Vikings need you this week. Let's get a win. Enjoy the game against the Chargers. And say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. Risner! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>